Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So I typically, uh, you know, I read the news a lot in the morning while I'm doing this show because I kind of have to. It's my job. But later on in the day, I kind of do a checkup in the afternoon, just kind of check in. And I was listening to the news and I go, what? <laughs> we're, we're boycott the U.S. diplomatic boycott for the winter games. What's this about? And I was like, oh, I guarantee you. My old buddy Ned Reynolds is going to want to talk about this tomorrow. Well, it is a boycott. That's exactly right. And the Winter Games begin in February. Usually there is two years difference between the winter and the summer, but not this year because of COVID. So the Winter Games scheduled to start in February, and they're being held in Beijing. Well, this is a diplomatic boycott. has nothing to do with the athletes at all. They'll all be there, all the athletic contingents from around, around the world, those who want to compete will be there in Beijing for the Winter Games beginning in early February. But it is a snub to the Chinese government. The U.S. government and the officials, some officials usually go, sometimes it's the vice president, who knows. None will be represented this year because of alleged human rights violations in China. So indeed, the athletes will be there, the government officials will not. It's just telling the Chinese that the U.S. government is not very happy with the way they're doing things, but what else is new? Well, <laughs> it's actually saying, we don't want you to spy on us while we're in Beijing. <laughs> or, or to hack our computers. Yeah, well, same same difference. So, uh, yeah, if they go, I don't think any of them really want to leave their cell phones at home, which they're probably going to have to do. So I think it's probably more about uh, not being able to bring your computer or cell phone into Beijing and uh, for fear of it being completely... Hacked. Um, so yeah, uh, but luckily uh, the the athletes can get hacked no problem while they're trying to compete for the gold. So um, we mentioned this yesterday. It was just a a huge, huge, huge miss call in a state championship game. Now, had the game officials actually said you got twelve men on the field on that last play, with it being so close to the end of the game, what happens? Here's the deal on that. You're taking or making reference, I should say, to the Class 2 championship game up in uh, Columbia on Friday. And it's the game between Lamar and St. Charles Lutheran. Good game. Tie 27-27 and six seconds remain. I've got to tell you, the, the officials are human. They can make errors or overlook errors and not realize they're doing it. In prep football, to my knowledge, it's the field judge who is in charge of counting the players. Keep in mind now, there's six seconds left, a lot of excitement. This team, the St. Charles team, is on the two-yard line, getting ready to perhaps score a winning touchdown, which eventually they did. Well, the video replay shows that St. Charles did have 12 players on the field. If this had been caught, and the officials had said penalty, would have been a five-yard mark-off, would have taken the line of scrimmage back to the seven-yard line. Now, keep in mind, that's the seven-yard line they're on. Probably Lamar has a very stout defense. They had almost 200 more yards than St. Charles of offense in this game. Lamar defense, very good. More than likely, St. Charles would have thrown into the end zone. Well, who knows what might happen. But they might have elected to go for a field goal. The game was tied, 27-27. Field goal's not very long, maybe 25, 26 yards, something like that. Even we can kick that one, Ned. So, I think I think I appreciate your vote of confidence for me, but I don't know if I could kick it over your head from where we're oh, sitting yes, here, buddy. Twenty twenty-four <laughs> yards is not very much. But the bottom line is this: the overwhelming 
majority of thought on this would be that St. Charles would have had a greater chance to win than Lamar anyways. And to Lamar's credit, and I know their coach very well, Jared Bishore, and the players didn't gripe, didn't complain. No, no. And that's the gentleman. There's nothing you can do about yeah. it. Yeah, win, win, winning class and losing class. And, and and I knew that the last people in this country to be throwing up the flags would be the guys that are players and coaches on that team. Because if you've played sports and you know that you put yourself in that position, and it's unfortunate when things like that happen, but they had other opportunities to win the game. Oh, yes. So as – as players and coaches, you know that the fans don't care. We we're like, what the hell are you crazy? But that's that's, a, that's our that's it. our position. It is a fan's yeah. thought. That's exactly yeah. right. Players do not. You take a look at the stats, and Lamar had over 400 yards of offense. The St. Charles Lutheran team had over 200. Yeah, yards. should it should have capitalized a there little bit. There were other that. opportunities. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah, definitely. Now again, uh, it still sucks though. Um, and I wonder what the uh, that line judge is doing today. Um, <laughs> no, the field, the field judge, judge. Excuse me, field judge. Uh, I wonder if he's going to be asked back next year. Uh, over the weekend, basketball winning streak in Missouri did come to an end, but uh, at least they've got it. Who holds it? Well, it was Hardville. No, they don't have the all altogether state record. That's held by Bradleyville down in Taney County back in the late '60s when I first came to KY3. They won 68 straight games. Well, Hartville. The two-time defending champions had a 45-game winning streak going. Saturday night, it was broken. Ah. Broken by Springfield Catholic. They won 51-41. to That 45-game winning streak is seventh all-time in the state. It's Bradleyville that holds the record at 68. Uh, Hartfields was ended at 45. That's still pretty doggone good. So when they were doing that record in the late 60s, they were playing, probably playing games in barns, weren't they? Well, they, uh, they played them up in Columbia. The state championship games were played at the old Brewer Fieldhouse, and Bradleyville, during the decade of the 60s, won three of them. They were a really championship team. I remember them very well. My old buddy, James Leon Combs, wrote the book, Hick- Hicks from the Sticks is what he calls it, and it's a compendium of the Bradleyville teams from back then. Really a great book. came out in the late 1990s. But it, the Bradleyville teams were country kids. Oh, yeah, a bunch of farm country boys. Country kids. Yeah. They, they beat Howardville uh, from down the southeast part of the state in a triple overtime for their second state uh, championship in 1968. And all, some of them are no longer living now, those Bradleyville guys. Some of them are still around, but they were great guys. They're nothing but hey, farm boys from down the country, and they played basketball and played it well. Lady Bears were out on the road last night. Did they get the dub? They did get the dub. Just barely, but doesn't matter. It's a W. Played South Dakota State up in Brookings, South Dakota. This is a team, the South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, who fly under the radar in women's basketball. They have a very, very good women's basketball program. They are a bit down this year. Their record's now 3-6. and six. Until you look at who they're playing, UCLA, Iowa, Minnesota, the Lady Bears, it's going to be 3-6. and six. These are fine teams. Well, they're pretty good. Gave the Lady Bears a fight, but Missouri State won it 55-52 to 52 in a terrific defensive struggle. But that win's a win, and now the Lady Bears get set for their next opponent coming in here on Friday night. That opponent is Mizzou. Ooh, Mizzou, that'd be a great game. Mizzou is very good this year. They've greatly improved. So I know where you're going to be Friday night. Hey, I'm going to see that yeah, game. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, now, last night, Monday Night Football, uh, we got two teams, like I, we were talking about yesterday, you know, um, the AFC as a whole, all the division leaders 
tie. These the crazy thing about this division in the AFC North, you got the Patriots and you got Buffalo both tied play Monday night game and it for the lack of a better well other than the 64 yard run it was kind of boring for the most part there is a reason why the wind was 60 miles an hour that uh, that kickoff went into the stands the wind pushed it up into the stands and then when you were kicking against the wind it was blowing the ball all over the place now here's your trivia question for the day Matt Jones he's the quarterback for Patriots, a rookie out of Alabama. How many passes do you think he threw last night? I remember seeing the stat, and it was I, – I know for the thir- first three quarters, he had he was like one of one with like 10 yards that or something like that. Yeah, that's and that was for the first three. He threw one pass. He was forbad by Coach Belichick. Do not throw the ball. They stayed on the ground the entire game, and because the Patriots – have a running game. That's how they won it. 14 to 10 over Buffalo. They stayed on the ground. There was a key drive in the fourth period when they took the ball, they being the Patriots, from deep in their own territory, and every play was a run. Buffalo knew they were going to run, and Buffalo couldn't stop them. And that's so frustrating. Oh my God. It's just the most frustrating as a fan base to see your team, and you're like, okay, we know what they're going to do this whole day, and there's nothing you can do to stop them. But that is why the Patriots are so scary because they've got Harris, they've got Stevenson in their backfield, who both arguably could be RB ones on any other team in the NFL. They got this rookie quarterback who is a really good game manager so far in his season, and you got coached by the evil empire emperor himself. And so, ah, it's going to be scary. But yeah, it uh, what a crazy Monday night game. But yeah, it was all on the ground. And if you were trying to get fantasy points from either Josh Allen, Jones, or any of the receivers. I'm sorry that you probably took an L yesterday. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, the net rankings for the basketball Bears. Where do they sit right now? The net rankings are relatively new. They were brought into effect about three years ago by the NCAA, and the NET, which is an acronym, N-E-T, stands for the NCAA Evaluation Tool. It replaces the old RPIs that used to be used for several decades by college basketball. The net takes over 350 Division I teams. That's how many college basketball teams in D1, 350, or more than that, actually, who play the game. And the net, which uh, takes into consideration your strength of schedule and how strong you are and what you can do in in mathematical categories, uh, and it rates your team. Well, over 350 teams, the Bears are 128. Number one is still Gonzaga. Even though they lost over the weekend, they still rate under this mathematics system as number one. Bears are 128, which is a little bit behind Drake and behind Loyola in the Missouri Valley Conference. So Mizzou fans are well, where are the Missouri Tigers? 270. Yikes. They're not, they're really struggling. And that's I love Conzo. Worked with him for years. Yeah, but his team is really struggling up in Columbia, and they have a big game coming up in two weeks. Get this. How about this for scheduling? Now, the Southeastern Conference schedules their teams for whatever bowl games they qualify. You go where the SEC tells you you're going. And they told Missouri they're going to the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas, mm-hmm. on a Saturday night. You're going to play Army down there. Okay, Saturday night. December the 22nd, I believe it is. Kick it off at 7 o'clock. <laughs> Guess what else is at 7 o'clock? Missouri, Illinois. Bragan Wright's basketball game oh, up yeah. in St. Louis. That's a big deal. They are playing at the same time. 
both the football game and the basketball game. Missouri says, wait a minute, no, you wait a minute. We assigned in that game, that's where you're going. If you don't want to play, oh, no, 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 we want to play. <laughs> so I guess you uh, Mizzou fans are going to need two TVs in the room, but isn't it funny that uh, all of these so-called nerds when that probably got picked on by all the jocks growing up are the ones helping you figure out where your college basketball team ranks all these years what later. The, what the, uh, <laughs> the student athletes at Harvard and Yale always they made a joke out of it, but there's some truth to that. They get their behinds handed to them out on the court and leave the court by saying, one day you guys will be working for us. And uh, <laughs> they're the ones telling you where you're going to be, and that's uh, karma, my friend. You have a great day, sir. Yes, sir.